Well, greetings, friends. This is Brian Hudson. Welcome to Conversations in Focus here on the Vision Stream Network. And this is a program designed to bring you people making great impact in the kingdom of God, in community, wherever God takes them. And my guest today is a man whom the Lord spoke to decades ago and said, go build me a prison ministry. And I'm talking about uh, my friend and great man of God, Dr. William Bumpus. Welcome, Pastor Bumpus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for having me. All right. Great to have you. We go back a long ways, my brother. Yes. In the God and yeah. the gospel. And I've watched God work in your ministry and life uh, so so many times. I've seen you up, up close. I've seen you from a distance. And Pastor Bumpus leads Faith Center Church and also leads Jesus Inside Prison Ministry. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know what this is about, it's about reaching men. Uh, who are incarcerated. But Pastor Bumpers, tell those who don't know a bit about what you do with the ministry that's called Jesus Inside Prison Ministry. Uh, Jesus Inside Prison Ministry, well, it started while I was in prison. Uh, that's where the name came from, Jesus Inside Prison Ministry. We were uh, got born again in prison, and uh, we was reaching out to people on the outside, and uh, nobody never responded. Uh, so me and a few guys there that started uh, to let people know that Jesus is inside the prison. So that's where I started at. And uh, God told me to go out and build him a prison ministry. Well, it's been over 40 years, and that's what we've been doing. I've traveled to prisons all over the United States. Uh, last count, it was 560 prisons mm. across the United States uh, multiple times. Uh, and we basically have evangelistic-style services inside prison. Uh, then we follow up with giving them my books and other Christian literature and an address where they can write We then supplied them with Bibles, Christian literature, and Bible studies. So that's what Jesus Inside Prison Ministry uh, does. And uh, from there, we started Jesus House because the men need a place to go once they get outside prison. So that's what we're doing here. Now, Jesus House, we know, is nationally recognized. We hold ministries nationally recognized. Yes. Internationally, actually. And now, Jesus House is a very special place. It's not a halfway house. We know this, right? Right. So what exactly is Jesus House? Well, Jesus House, most people, when I mention Jesus House, the first thing they think about is a halfway house. Uh, And I tell them, no, because that's something that the the state would have, a halfway house. Uh, Jesus House is a place where guys who have completed their sentence, uh, and then they can be paroled to to Jesus House, or they can come there once they get off paper, uh, but they got to come to us straight out of prison. Uh, we take them straight out of prison, and the reason why we do that, we know when they come straight out of prison, they don't have no drug habit because they haven't been using drugs regularly. They haven't been drinking alcohol regularly. Uh, and so their chances of survival on the street uh, is much more greater if they have a place to stay, food to eat, clothes, and all that without any pressure. So that's what Jesus House provides. Uh, every guy uh, here in, in, in Indiana that gets out of prison automatically has one year or two years worth of parole or probation to do. Uh, and so that's what the Jesus House does. It gives them a place to stay uh, free of charge until they get a job uh, where they can be housed, clothed, fed, and discipled in the Lord. Uh, and we have a 90% success rate. Mm. Now, let's contrast that to what's happening in the regular system. Though. So 90% success rate. Yes. Uh, that means it's less than 10% recidivism. Correct. Now, compared to what happens in the regular prison system. Regular prison system is something like 70% recidivism rate, which is uh, the rate that they go back to prison. Uh, uh, the, st- the stats said that every guy getting out of prison, 
uh, within three years, we'll be eighty percent. We'll be back in prison with a new charge. My mind. Now, of that eighty percent, they said fifty percent of those eighty percent commit a crime the first week after they're out. Mm. Uh, and one of the reasons for that is not having a solid place to go. So that's how why our, our, our statistics are so great is because we take that guy straight out of prison. Usually, they've been in Bible study. Uh, one of the recommendations for them coming to uh, Jesus' house, we send them an application. Uh, and the rules, and then the chaplain of that facility has to sign that uh, uh, application stating that they have attended Bible study. Now, whether they're born again or not, we figure that out when they get there, and if they're not, we get them born again, and if not, uh, the word kind of has a way of, of weeding you out, yeah. uh, and then they'll leave. But uh, So as a result of that, we get guys in there that are serious about Christ or know a little something about him, and that way we can teach them how to live another way. And I would think the guys, you know, that... that that ten percent mm-hmm. who do not succeed, yeah, probably dropped out early. Correct. Didn't follow through on right. things they were taught. Yeah, correct. The ten percent that usually don't that don't make it is the ones that leave maybe after thirty days or the, or get a, they'll get a job said you know first week or something, and then a week or two later once they get a paycheck they leave. Yeah. Uh, anybody that stays there over sixty days usually become a success story. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Now, also, I noticed that uh, in your program, guys come out from prison, mm-hmm. come to the house, but they don't go straight to work. Correct. Why is that? Well, uh, according to the mayor's office, uh, it takes a, a, a ex-offender at least 90 to 180 days to find a job. Mm. Uh, and so that's one of the reasons why. Now, the reason... Uh, other major reason why we don't put we don't stress them getting no job we don't put no pressure on them to get a job uh number one we know how hard it is and number two we want to be able to put the word of god in them give them a good foundation yes. let them get used to being outside here uh uh you know before they can just get up on a job and uh, because on the jobs where you're gonna meet all your all your problems at yes you know what i mean 90 mm-hmm. percent of people working on jobs are not saved <laughs> so if the guy get a job and he has a drug habit, he's going to meet somebody on that job the first week that can tell him where to get some drugs, some alcohol, or some women. Yeah. Uh, and so we want to make sure he got a good foundation before he gets that job. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a great plan. And uh, I've been a part of the ministry for a long time. Yes. I'm asking questions for the people's sake watching. I, Correct. I know the answers already. Right, right. But it's important to understand this concept. The concept is strong. Yeah. And that so so having guys who confess to be saved coming mm-hmm. in, yeah. the expectation is now this is a Christian facility. Is that correct? correct? That's 100%. And so people know that coming in, right? Yeah, they know that one hundred percent. In fact, uh, now we don't get no state grants or federal money, and one of the reasons why is because we discriminate. Now I always like to say that because it kind of shocks <laughs> folks. Uh, yeah, we, we discriminate in this in that we only accept those that have accepted Christ or say they have accepted Christ. Right. Now, if they're of, of any other religion or anything else, then they cannot come to the Jesus house. Now, I tell guys in the, in the, in the joint or in prison uh, that uh, they might ask me, why come I can't come? I say, well, if you're in another organization, another religion, I feel like it's that religion's responsibility to help you when you get out. I don't feel like you can be against Christ and then come to a Christ-centered facility right. and act like you for Christ. So that's the reason why we do that. So, uh, you know, most 90% of everybody coming there have had some uh, influence with Christ. Well, results speak for itself. Yes, that's it for does. sure. Yeah. And also, you require daily Bible study. Correct. Require Sunday service. Yes. And with grant money and government money, you couldn't do that, could you? You, you couldn't get no grant money. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you can say to people, <laughs> you got to be in church. Yeah, you got to be day. in church. Yeah. <laughs> we, 
our program uh, is a strict program. Uh, I always like to say for people who don't know anything about it, the best way you could describe uh, the Jesus House, it is a strong discipleship program. Uh, guys, uh, the program is five days a week. Well, they there seven days a week. They live there. But from 7 to 8 in the morning, they have to get up for prayer. Everybody in there has to get up for prayer unless they got a job. Uh, and then they can leave the facility. Uh, they have to be back by 12 o'clock noon for a Bible study. We call that our accountability class. Uh, we know you can't leave the Jesus house or any other house at 8 in the morning and get high and be sober by noon. So that's I call our accountability class. That's right. every day. And the only way you can get out at 12 o'clock is to have to go to parole. Uh, we know that don't happen every day. Uh, and then every evening, you understand, know, it's Bible study from like 7 to 8. And then we close the door at 11 o'clock. That's five days a week. Uh, Saturday is a free day. They can leave Saturday once we turn the alarms off or uh, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. They don't have to be back at 12 o'clock midnight. But we have random drug drops, and that's allowed to happen anytime. Yeah. And church service, of course, is mandatory. See, so people understand this is, as you say, a strong discipleship program. That's a yes. great way to put that because it is, and it's voluntary. Yes. Guys volunteer to come. Correct. It's not prison all over no, again. it's not prison. They volunteer to come in there. Yeah. And so, but the rules, the rules are set, and the rules are there for their benefit. Correct. We know guys who have kind of washed out, <clears throat> you know, who... You know, who didn't want to come to church and mm-hmm. say, well, I got some place I got to be on Sunday and all this. And right. They couldn't stay in the house for that reason. That's right. But it's because you've learned over how many years now that what works? How long has it been? Well, been doing this now about 35 years. Mm. Yeah. My, my, my. So we found that's the key to success. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt, right? <laughs> no doubt. No question? No question. <laughs> no. We have, uh, uh, we have numerous success stories. Yes. Uh, as I tell the guys, that's what makes it, uh, you know, all the success stories that we have, guys that have came through the program. Yes. Uh, some have lived there two years, three years, four years. Uh, they're now employed. They are married. Some are pastoring churches now. Right. Others have successful businesses. And about 10 or 15 of them goes inside prison with me on a regular regular basis. Yes. Uh, and they've been away from Jesus House 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years. My so God. the program uh, proves that it does work. Amen to yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I'm going to show a video now. Uh, we produced a video for the ministry about three years ago. It's right. still relevant. And this video is going to show you some of what Pastor Bumpus is doing, his team is doing. He's not by himself. He has... Guys with him, yes. Mainly guys you have disciples yourself, correct. Now, and, correct. And your son also, yes. Who never served prison time, correct. But now is working with you in pastorate, in the pastorate, and also in prison ministry, yeah. But this video will show you a little bit about what's happening throughout this great ministry. It's called "In Their Own Words." So watch this video, and we'll come back in a moment. all over the United States, uh, the greatest revival uh, is going on inside prisons. A uh, classic example is a recent letter I received from a guy at Indiana Reformatory at Pendleton, which is known as a notorious prison. Uh, this guy had been locked up there for 20 years. When he first got there for the last, for 10 years, he was a hardcore, uh, violent offender. Uh, about 10 years ago, he got born again through my ministry, and I've been discipling him ever since. He recently sent me a letter last week stating that the whole prison culture inside Pendleton didn't change. Uh, whereas it used to be a violent atmosphere, he's now 
people are coming in there, young people and all, and they're coming in there saying they want to get their life right. He says, more like Pendleton now is a Christian-based facility. That's what's going on inside prison across country. That's because of prison ministry and all the Christian literature and everything that's been flooding the prison for years. I appreciate him coming out, you know what I'm saying, to deal with us and preach the word of God to us. And I like the story that he came to us with and the methods because, you know, we need a lot of people young and old who needs to hear his sermons, need to hear his experience. And I, I appreciate it because he actually experienced what we're going through right now. Because a lot of people, like you said, they're scared to come to God and they're scared to admit to God because they think about what their friends going to say and what the people going to say. But when you, he makes you feel like and makes you believe that you don't have to worry about what the next man thinks. It's only thing, it's only worry about what Jesus thinks and how he is. And you can change a life. You can change another life by changing your life. Finally, on the fifth time, all the time that's going on, I'm in the Word. Day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. See, that's God's system. Yeah, that's his system. In the Word, day and night, day and night, day and night. Finally, on the fifth time, we're ready for trial. They said, all right, Mr. Bobby Jones, what can you tell the court that'll help us in our decision? I said, well, y'all not missing my family. I've learned my lesson, and I'm just asking the court for mercy. The prosecutor was real good. He said, Your Honor, every man that goes to prison misses his family. He said, missing your family is part of the punishment. And he said, about Mr. Bumper Johnson asking for mercy, he's a career criminal. Could have gave him 60 years. We gave him four. All he got to do is two years. We've been more than merciful with Mr. Bumper. I didn't have a leg to stand on. Nobody in the courtroom, no family, no attorney, nothing but me and my Bible. Yeah. All of a sudden, the judge said, Mr. Bumpers, I understand how the Holy Spirit can change a young man's life. How has he been working in your life since you've been into the jail? I realized I had a Christian judge. Look at God. So I erupted on the witness stand. Look at God. I said, we revival. Everybody called myself like to get saved. Prosecutor jumped up. Y'all, I object. I object. The judge said, Mr. Prosecutor, I'm going to grant Mr. Bumper shock probation yeah. on the grounds I believe he's a born-again Christian. And that night, I walked out of penitentiary a free man. I think it's really important because a lot of people out here, they, they really don't want to admit you know, that they like God and all that, and they believe in him because of what their friends might think. Because they might be like, oh, you trying to follow somebody else? Ain't what you do. You do something else. Woo -woo. And it ain't all about that. It's about God. You know? That's, you just gotta follow him. You gotta, you gotta get into that type of lifestyle. It's probably gonna be hard, but people can do it. He did it. Why can't we? And uh, there's not more of a, a difficult place or worse place to take the gospel, but yet it, there's none that's more needed in any institution. It's the greatest, the greatest place to minister the gospel of Jesus. It's the greatest mission field there is in our country. And the only way you can get into the family and get into something benefit, you gotta ask Jesus Christ to come to your heart and serve God. That's the only way you can do it. Water baptism ain't gonna do it. The only way it's gonna do it, you gotta ask him. He ain't gonna force his way into your life. So I wanna ask you again, if you ain't never asked Jesus Christ to come to your heart, you want him to come into your heart tonight and come today, and you're serious about it, you're serious about it. Please raise your hand. Everybody here is serious about sitting your hands in there. We're going to pray. We want everybody to pray this prayer. Believe it in your heart when you pray. That's what it means. Just say, Lord Jesus, I 
says I'm not the man that I ought to be but thank God I'm not the man I used to be and I know I know from how far I've grown a, a lot of people until I'm able to get my testimony and witness they have no idea of the rottenness that I used to have inside of my soul I used to walk around angry and miserable and, and I'd make everybody or else around me angry and miserable just because uh, I'd lie and cheat and steal uh, those things, once I once I got that, that scripture inside of me and Jesus inside of my heart, uh, lying doesn't happen anymore, cheating doesn't happen anymore, uh, or if it does, is somehow I slip and fall, um, I get such a, a horrible conviction on my heart, and, and, and I have to go to prayer and ask Jesus to take it away, and I know that He does that. As far as the Jesus house is concerned and, and how it's affected me, uh, it gave me a home, it gave me a sense of peace and comfort. Uh, the brothers inside of here, um, they're all friendly. They all, if you need something, they open their arms to you. They open their doors to you. If you're hungry, they'll feed you. If you're thirsty, they'll figure out some way to get you something to drink. It seems like everybody in here tries to, they, they, they look they look out for, for you. I found out about Pastor Bumpus in the Jesus House during a, a prayer session at the outside dormitories in Pendleton. Somebody knew that I, I was interested in following the Lord and I didn't know exactly what route to take. All I knew is I didn't want to go back home to the same people, the same the same experiences and everything that led up to what brought me to prison in the first place. I knew I needed a change, I knew I needed another start. Pastor Bumpus, he's, he has a, a way of enlightening you. Uh, I've read the Bible many times and, and I thought I knew, I thought I knew a little bit, but this guy, he explained things in a whole new way to where you can apply it to your life. Uh, he's teaching me a lot about prayer. Uh, and believing, and believing that I can, uh, I can have my prayers answered. Always going down the wrong road, always failing, um, just wrong paths. Like Pastor said, you went back and forth in that lifestyle, and nothing worked but Jesus. And uh, never looked back ever since. And that's what I'm on right now, and just beginning, and just want to prosper and continue to do the right thing. I know great things will come along with it. As long as I have good people around me, like Pastor, nothing go wrong. Pastor Bump is, 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 is a wonderful man. He teaches us a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of wisdom he has. Just uh, try to learn as much as possible from him. Live, live a better life, do my best. Well, the message that I preach that help guys uh, stay strong uh, and solid in God is uh, Matthew 6 and 33. Where it says, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added. So that's what I teach them. Instead of uh, focusing on trying to get a job, trying to do this, trying to do that, God's word says that if you seek him and you're serious about that, then he'll add the job. He'll add the car. He'll add everything that you need in life. So we teach them to stay focused on Jesus Christ and doing what his word tells us to do.
Jesus changed my life to I could be in peace, have great joy, and, and love people. Like he said, hate the sin and love and love the sinner. Uh, when I was worldly, I was just like all the worldly people, revengeful. But Jesus gave me the peace to pass all understanding. He gave me the uh, ability to be able to spiritually be connected with God and have the love of God for everybody else. Jesus is amazing. I mean, there's nothing that you can't do through him. And if you submit your will to him, he can really do some amazing things in your life. And I found that out here at the Jesus House, being here with men who also love Christ and are uh, allowing the ministry to work wonders in their lives. Mr. Bumpus is teaching men who are coming from the prison system back into society, how to be productive men in society, how to be men of God. And I believe it's a good thing for men to know, you know, to be a Christian man is what God created us to be from the very beginning. So I think he's doing a wonderful service to the community. You know, give your life to God and watch him do wonders in your life. You know what he can do. Stop being stubborn. Get your hands off the wheel and let God lead your life. And that's pretty much what I've done. I've just um, completed my parole this past Thursday. And uh, my family even wants me to come home now, you know. <laughs> so I can't, I cannot complain. God has really done some great things in my life. Well, I started prison ministry because, of course, you know, I was a convict myself. And uh, I got born again in jail uh, and prison. And uh, uh, then the Lord spoke to me while I was in prison and told me to go out and build him a prison ministry. So for the last 36 years, that's what I've been doing, uh, doing building him a prison ministry, and we call it Jesus Inside Prison Ministry. Well, uh, where the reentry program is concerned, uh, which is our uniqueness, we accept guys coming straight out of prison uh, who confess Christ as their Savior. And the focus of Jesus House is unique in that we don't focus on guys getting jobs or GEDs or anything like that. Most of them get GEDs and all that while they're incarcerated. We focus on them completing their parole. 85% of guys coming out of prison uh, uh, go back to prison within three years. And the reason why they go back in is because of violation of probation or parole. So our focus is for them to complete their parole and their probation as opposed to just coming out and getting a job. If they get a job in the process, that's wonderful, but the focus is completing their parole and probation. And 85% of everybody coming out of prison on parole or probation, within three years they will be back in prison with a new choice. That's called the recidivism rate. Our rate is we have a 90% success rate. Uh, this is a one to two year recommended program. In other words, they don't have to stay, but if they choose to go through this program, which is a one, which is recommended one to two years, to 90% of everybody coming in here complete their parole or their probation and they do not reoffend, which is unheard of in, in corrections. People should support this ministry because our success is dependent upon the fact that we are 100% privately uh, funded. Uh, if you get state and federal monies, then you can't structure your program like you want it. You can't, uh, you can't make Bible studies mandatory. You cannot make church attendance mandatory. Uh, and, if you, and if we didn't do that, then our program would not be successful. So we need the funding uh, support of private individuals so that we can be selective on the guys that come to this Jesus house. Uh, because we are privately funded, we can, uh, we can accept, we don't have to accept Muslims, we don't have to accept homosexuals, we don't have to accept nobody like that. We, we accept people who say 
that they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if they don't, once they get here, we teach them the Word of God. At least they know what they're coming to. They're coming to a Christian facility. And uh, and so we have they have that respect. We have that attention once they get here. If we were receiving funding from private organizations or whatever, uh, 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 from the government or anything like that, we could not make Bible study mandatory, or we could not make going to church and attendance mandatory, and we would have to accept anybody who applied for the Jesus House, regardless of their religion or their sexuality. So we are a 1,000% Christian organization. all of you all who has uh, viewed this video. I pray that it has been a blessing to you, that it has been informative, that you have seen what we're doing here at Jesus Inside Prison Ministry as well as Jesus House. And also to solicit your support. Uh, we have a Jesus House. The guys come out of prison, don't charge anything or they don't have no job. It costs us approximately $300 a month to house one uh, guy living here at the Jesus House. So we would like for you to help us in that. Um, we also go to Nigeria. We plan on going to Nigeria uh, this year. You can con contact our office and find out information about that. God bless you. Trish enjoyed the video and were informed. And really, more importantly, to support this work, go to JIPM.org. Learn more about the ministry. I encourage you to support the ministry, plant seed in the ministry. One thing pastor always says, he goes to prisons all over the country and in Africa and never receives an offering. Amen. Is that correct, sir? That is correct. No offerings? <laughs> no. Okay. I can't even get a bag of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Amen. your support is important. We support the ministry and uh, please do the same. Now, back to what you're doing here in the city of Indianapolis. Now, mm -hmm. you're also a pastor of a great church. Yes. Talk about the church you pastor. Well, the church is Faith Center Church International, and we're located on the south side of Indianapolis. Uh, my wife uh, and my son uh, and me pastor that church. They're there more than I am. 
uh, in that I'm most of the time inside prison. Uh, and so they do a great work. My wife is also involved uh, in prison. She goes to the Marion County Jail uh, once a month and ministers to the women there. Uh, my son fills in for me a lot of places uh, where prison uh, is concerned. I can't make it. Then he follows up with that. So we have a great, successful church where prosperous people meet. Praise God for that. Yes. Thank God for that. Amen. Now, let's talk about um, the impact of the Word of God on men's lives. Yeah. We know that the Bible is God's Word, that the truth makes us free. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of message do you preach and teach that helps brothers stand strong in Christ? Well, uh, our foundation scripture that we teach at the Jesus House is Matthew 6 and 33, uh, which says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and then everything else will be added. So that's, that's, that's what we teach them. We teach them on five different principles. We teach them about priorities. And their first priority is uh, uh, get off the paper or parole and learn Matthew 6 and 33. Get that instilled in them, that as they seek God and his word, he'll add everything else. Uh, he'll add the job. He'll add the car. He'll add the place where you need to live. He'll add all of that as you seek him first. So that's our message to men, and it, and it works. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. I've been... Blessed to be able to teach at the house a couple of times. Amen. It's always a tremendously receptive you know, audience. The yes. brothers are just trained to listen. They yes. look at you. They listen. They take notes. <laughs> they ask questions. There's a hunger and thirst. Right, right. And guys over at Jesus' house, also in right. the prisons. What's happening in the prisons? You always talk about revival. Right. In prisons, what is that about? Well, uh, there I haven't been to no service that I've preached in prisons uh, in over thirty-five years where we don't have people get born again. Mama, uh, the message I bring to guys inside prison is that it's just the gospel. You were a sinner, sinner. It wasn't your fault. Uh, it was because of what Adam and Eve did, but it's your fault to stay a sinner once you find out how to get out. Mm. And so I teach them, you understand, that once once you ask Christ to come to your heart, not only does Matthew 6 and 33 work on the outside, it works for them while they're on the inside as well. And so then we have altar call, and of course, you know, men always respond, and women, uh, and youth. We go to youth facilities as well as women in prisons, and uh, they give their life to Christ, and then we start the discipleship while they're incarcerated. So we have a tremendous response inside prisons. Yeah. Yes, and I've seen it in person. It's, it's amazing. We, um, I traveled with you on a couple of occasions, went down to Kentucky. Mm -hmm. to, uh, it's called North Point, I believe. Yeah, North Freshman. Point. Yeah, yeah. went down there, had all-day services and on, on the yard in the chapel. Yeah. And uh, we saw guys respond. Some guys didn't respond. Some guys right. stand on, on the side and look, you know. And I remember right. <laughs> you told us about when you go on the yard, don't talk to everybody. You know? Right, right, right. No, everybody don't want to hear it. <laughs> look, look first to see right. what, what they are, you know, and, and discern if it's the right time to talk to them. That's right. Talk That's about right. the whole idea, the whole method of ministering in prisons. Well, yes. Uh, like I, we take volunteers in uh, when we do a mass crusade like that, which we do three or four times a year down in Kentucky, and we're in there all day Saturday and all day uh, Sunday, and we're, we go all over the prison, in the hole and every place else, and so we hit the yard. And uh, we've had volunteers say, well, how do I talk to them? I said, well, you don't talk to them. You just go out on the yard and you stand. <laughs> and uh, then somebody's going to come up to you. That's the person that you need to communicate with. Yes. They're going to come up to you, and then after they start, start talking to you, you're going to have to figure a way to get away from them because <laughs> they're going to look at you as their regular weekend visit, right. and you won't be able to talk to nobody else. So uh, that's that's the best route. Just put some – we always tell them take some literature in your hands. Yeah. Uh, and so you understand they'll come up, they'll ask what's that in your hand or where you from, and that's how the conversation starts. Yeah, yeah, people are sometimes so eager, you know, eager beaver. That's yeah. good to be eager and yeah. all that and, and zealous, but 
But zero without knowledge is a bad thing, isn't Correct. it? Correct. Especially inside prison. Especially inside prison. Yeah. You got to have, have, if God's with you, he'll draw people, right? Correct. You just without stand there, you pray, and be right. prayerful. Right. And when when God sends somebody, there's your opportunity, that's right? right. Yes, that's sir. right. Yeah, that easy. Right. And you don't have to be standing alone. I know that's yeah, right. Yeah, you don't have to be out. standing alone. Somebody will approach you. Yes, they will. Yeah. Yes, they will. Now, let's talk about uh, when guys come out of serving prison for a long time. Mm-hmm. What are the major adjustments they have to make to come back into, now we call them returning citizens. That's a phrase That's right. you use, right? Right. Not just uh, ex-cons, but returning right. citizens. Returning citizens. So what do guys coming out of prison, uh, what's the process of being reintegrated in society, returning citizens? How can they get back into a normal routine of life? Well, if they don't have a place to go, safe place to go, uh, they're going to reoffend. Uh, they're going to start drinking. They're going to start, you know, because they're out of touch. They've been uh, off the street 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, and so they're like four and five. They like, you know, for every, they said for every guy a year that a guy's locked up in prison, he's four years behind the times. Uh, so when they get out, they don't know, they don't know nothing. Uh, but a lot of them, you know, if they're not born again, feel like they know everything. Right. And so before, it ain't long before they'll start drinking. And the next thing you know, they're real thin. So they got to have a safe place to go where there's no pressure, where they can learn how to get out. Uh, I'm reminded of one guy that uh, uh, he committed a crime, horrible crime, when he was 16 years old. Uh, he killed somebody. And so he went to prison, and he did 20 straight years. Uh, so uh, he did 20 straight years. So when he come out, he's now he got some education and everything else while he was locked up. And so for the first month, he's running around everywhere looking for a job. He couldn't find no job, so he's frustrated. So he comes in my office, and he said, Pastor Mama, what's wrong, man? I've been looking everywhere for a job, and I can't find one. And so I said, okay, man, uh, 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 how much time do you do? He said, well, I did 20 years. I said, well, how long have you been out? Well, a little bit over a month. I said, why don't you just catch the bus, ride down to the circle, and just walk around the circle? Well, he looked at me real stunned. He was shocked. (laughs) And uh, then I broke it down. I said, why don't you get used to being out first? And he told me later on that's the greatest advice he ever received uh, because he was trying to make something happen, and you can't do that. He had to learn how to trust Jesus. So what he did, he rested. He began to just enjoy being out, and it wasn't long, you understand, before a job came. Next thing you know, you understand, he got him a good job. Years later, he got married, and now he's living a very successful life. Wow. I've heard these stories many times. I'm aware of brothers, one brother who went to seminary, now he's a— a Presbyterian pastor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I know guys who are busy. I mean, guys you wouldn't know by looking at them. Right. They ever served any time at all. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, the misnomer is that guys in prison look a certain way. Right. No, they look exactly the way you and I look right That's now. Right. That's correct. You know, but who made a tremendous error of judgment. Right. Crime of passion. Yeah. And uh, that's why it's important. Even Jesus said, well, for those who say that, those guys would rot, you know, mm-hmm. in jail. Well, that's not the grace of God, the mercy of God. Yeah. Because, you know, air but for the grace of God, there go I. Amen. And so the mercy of God, even Jesus said, didn't he, I was in prison mm-hmm. and you came to see me. Yeah. So what's our attitude, uh, what's the proper attitude toward offenders who are yet in prison and then toward those who have, who've come out and returned well, to prison? Well, I, I tell folk all the time, they, uh, you know, don't like people to misunderstand me. You know, there are some people that's in prison and need to stay there. 
Yeah. You know, uh, but then there's others uh, that don't. And you can tell by the way they carry themselves while they're in prison. Are they trying to change? Are they taking up programs? Are they doing different programs trying to be different? Yeah. Now, if they're just living inside prison the way they live it on the street, then you know, you understand that person nine times out of ten is going to take a miracle to get them saved or for them to change. But if that person is trying to change themselves, then I feel like it's our job to help them change so they don't, they don't come out the same way they went in. If we don't reach them while they're in there, then they're going to come out worse than they did when they went in. So that's the purpose of prison ministry is to change them while they're in there. So when they come out, they come out a different person. So true. Now, let's talk about the power of literature. Mm -hmm. You've authored a great number of books. You have tens of thousands Mm -hmm. in print. Um, What has been the impact of books in in prisons? Well, uh, 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 a convict reads 99% more than the average person out here on the street Mm. because they have the time. You know what I mean? And so if if some literature comes in there, uh, uh, they're going to gobble that literature up. You know what I mean? Even if they can't read that, have somebody to read that literature to them. It, it, reading literature in there passes time, gives you something to do. Other than, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff in there to do, but reading is, is, is very rewarded while you're inside prison. So if they get a hold to, to the right kind of literature, yes. uh, I'm thinking about a guy, you understand, know that's with our team. He's a Christian rapper, uh, and uh, he was a gangbanger and a drug dealer, and he went to prison. And uh, the prison library came around, and that one of my books was on was on the ta- on, on on that uh, on that chart uh, on that table. But it was a picture that was on there. It was a black face. It was a picture of some bars. And so he picked the book up. Well, when he picked the book up, he read half of that book, and that got him born again. And then he passed that book on to somebody else, and he got out. And then he messed up again. They sent him right back to jail to the same cell block. Mm. And the guy who he gave the book to gave him the book and asked him, did he want to finish reading the book? Which he did. And as a result of that, like he said, he learned how to uh, study the Bible with that book. And now he's a successful Christian rapper, got a record label, uh, and doing wonderful, married, doing excellent, all because of that literature. So literature has a major impact inside prison. Amen to that. Now, what's your schedule like nowadays? Uh, Busy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like it that way. Yeah, I like it that way. Talk yeah. about, um, I know that some places you go, now what, what's happening, you can never hardly see what happens in prisons. They don't allow right. video and pictures. But sometimes, every now and then, they allow it. And we've already shown you a video that, that had some access. We were allowed mm-hmm. into prisons. When you see, either by uh, in person or by film or by picture, the work God is doing, it's very inspirational. But talk about Texas, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, You go out, I think, every year to Texas for a major event. What's it about in Texas? Well, uh, when I go to Texas, it's a prison called uh, the Coal Unit, Buster Coal, uh, 45 miles outside of Sherman, Texas. And I used to go there and do a three-day revival, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, and they pack it out. They pack uh, this room. I'll have uh, allow a hundred people in there. They pack it out with over 150, 200 people. They be in the mm. hall and everything. Wow. Uh, and so that's a revival that I have there every year. I do the same thing at a federal prison in Springfield, Missouri, mm. which is the medical facility for all federal prisoners. Uh, and I go there twice, uh, 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 once a year, like in April. And I do a two-day revival, three service, two services a day, which have the same results there: men getting born again, saved. And healed. So uh, that's what we do inside prisons. Uh, we just have a wonderful time sharing the gospel and uh, uh, just connect with people and lead them to Christ. Now, this coming November, Lord willing, I'm going back to Africa. I'm going to, go, I'm going to Kenya, Africa with okay. Ken Sullivan. 
And my sixth trip to Africa, my Amen. first trip Amen. was with you. Right. <laughs> you took right. me with you to Lagos, Nigeria. Right. You've been going back for many years afterwards. Talk Correct. about the work that's being done uh, in both the churches and the prisons in Nigeria. Well, Nigeria, you understand, I've been going there, as you said, but I, well, I've been there 10 times. Okay. Uh, and I, I work with a pastor there, Pastor Georgie Kwanzi, and we have a wonderful time in his church, and I've preached in several other churches there. But my greatest uh, joy there is going inside the prison. Yes. Uh, I remember when I went there for like two years, uh, couldn't go in no prison because he didn't get me in one, and finally I told him I ain't coming no more until you get a prison, get me open in a prison. <laughs> yes. And so he finally got me into a prison called Kariki, and I finally found out recently that I'm the only foreigner allowed to preach in that prison. Wow. And we have great, I mean, they just pack it out. Uh, the men in there, uh, mostly all young folk, just twirling and dancing. I mean, they are in love with Jesus. And uh, so we just have a wonderful uh, work going on there. My wife uh, supplies them uh, two, three or four times a year with school supplies and books and all this kind of stuff. So we have a wonderful work going on right there in Lagos, Nigeria. This year we're going to Ghana for the first time. Ah, Ghana. Yeah, going great. to Ghana. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And what's amazing about Africa, people understand, is that the people – the people mm-hmm. are advanced yes. yeah. in their faith in God. They're <laughs> yes. highly advanced. That's right. Highly intelligent. Yes. yes. And we have a lot of bad impressions about Africa. We really do. It's yeah. unfortunate. Uh, so I praise God for your work, Pastor, in Africa. And now to Ghana. Amen. So who do you know in Ghana? Well, I have a friend there named, named David mm-hmm. uh, Ofensini. And uh, he's been over here uh, numerous times. He's a, a COPE member. I'm yeah. an organization of Coalition of Prison Evangelists. He's, uh, uh, in fact, he's the head of COPE Ghana. Oh. Uh, and he's the head of uh, all the prisons there in uh, in Accra, Ghana. Wow. Uh, and he's been trying to get me over there for years. And so we just, we decided to take him up on it this year and just go over and spend a whole week inside prisons. Wow, that's going to be awesome. Yes, that's going to be my, awesome. My, my. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. God brought you through a tremendous battle. Correct. You're a miracle man. You want to share Amen. about... Your testimony with, with what God brought you through, and you sit here today victorious and Amen. blessed, and looking better than ever. Well, I don't hate to, I don't like to date stuff, but last year, uh, around uh, in uh, February, I noticed a lump on my neck. Uh, I kept on using my faith. I thought. <laughs> and uh, it kept growing. And so I went to the hospital in July of last year, and I was diagnosed with cancer. <clears throat> and they said I had uh, uh, cancer on my tonsil, which had spread to my lip, nose, and my neck. And uh, where it was at, it couldn't be operated on. So I had to get 33 radiation treatments and six bouts of chemo, uh, which uh, had a devastating effect on my body. But the word of God is real. And uh, after all those treatments and everything, in the uh, uh, last weekend of October, I was diagnosed as being cancer-free, and I've been cancer-free ever since. Hallelujah. Amen. God is a yes, good God. Yes, he is. God. He is. You yeah. share with us a insight you had on Scripture yeah. about hiding the Word down in your heart. Yes. How it helped you. Share that, how you share with us how God's Word in you right. manifested uh, later. Well, in Psalms 119, it says, Thy word, O Lord, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so, you know, I've been taught in the faith movement, you know, you confess and quote scriptures and, you know, all that. But uh, when that attack hit me, uh, I didn't feel like reading the Bible. I didn't feel like praying. Uh, and I did very little of that. And if the word of God had not been in my heart, I believe, you understand, Satan would have been able to take me out of here. But because that word was in my heart, even though I could confess it, I knew it in my spirit, yeah. and as a result of that, that word raised up in me. And just like the Bible said, <laughs> the same spirit that raised Christ from the yes, dead yes. rose me up from that death sentence. Yes, sir. And I give God praise for it. 
Man, that is so yeah. strong. You preach that here. It blessed us. Hallelujah. I mean, it, he says, yeah, I've hid your word in me. It, yes. It's yeah. in me. Yeah. So if yeah. I can't confess it today. Right. It's already in me. It's already in me. It's already in me. <laughs> right. And it'll come up when we need it. It'll come up yeah, when you need that's it. That's right. Yeah. So right now, as you hear us, yeah. put that word in your heart right now. You yeah. never know what tomorrow will bring. That's correct. And, and listen, we are, we, are, we are more than conquerors. Yes. But putting your, God's word in you, reading and hearing the word of God preached, accurately preached yeah. and teached yeah. and taught and, uh, and letting people encourage you. The Bible says in Jude, that through praying in the spirit, mm-hmm. you build up yourself on your most holy, holy faith. faith right? right. Yeah. So all these are things that Pastor has learned. You also, I believe, we talked about earlier before we began the filming, how that your mindset is somewhat different now. Of course. Having come through this, what's yeah. your mindset now? <laughs> well, you, you, when you come through something like that, you become more focused. Yeah. And you find that what really matters is God's kingdom. Nothing else matters. Now, we know we got to do everything else, too, but none of it has the impact on you uh, like it does once you go through something like that. When you're facing death and know at any moment you could leave here, uh, your priorities begin to change. And I feel like they change for the better, and you get more focused on what we should be doing while we're healthy mm-hmm. and doing well. Yes. Yes, sir. been speaking with Pastor William Bumpus, Jesus Inside Prison Ministry, uh, Faith Center Church. I thank God for this man of God, a great friend over the many years, a partner in ministry. Uh, thank you, Pastor Bumpus, for sharing with us your My wisdom, pleasure. your insight, and this great testimony of the healing power of God. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, God bless you, friends. Again, contact Pastor Bumpus through the ministry at jipm.org. They're also on Facebook, so just search for them on Facebook and connect with Pastor Bumpus, support Pastor Bumpus. Uh, sow seed, give money, give prayer. It's really seeding to good ground. Amen. It really is. So God bless you, sir. And again, you and your wife and your whole team, we thank God for you. And may God continue to bless you, Pastor Bumpers. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, friends, God bless you. And we'll see you next time here on Conversations in Focus on the Vision Stream Network. God bless.